Welcome to Into the Known, a podcast focused on helping you find the known within you. With you today are your hosts, Cindy and Lisa, and we have our very special guest, Cameron. This is the second half of our conversation with Cameron, and we're going to dive even deeper into astrology and talk about some amazing topics. So without any further ado, here we go. When when should someone come to you? So Lisa and I like mm. to like help people understand what are appropriate appropriate modalities. And I would, again, I can imagine what your answer is going to be, but I'd love to hear what you're going to say. <laughs> there are a few times when people would come. Generally, it's when people really want to do some deep soul digging and they're asking the question, why the heck am I here? Or what am I doing? It could be like me during my dark night of the soul where I was like, I just need help figuring out what I'm navigating. I think for a lot of people, that's a common place to start. Um, And I tend to attract people like that who are asking questions or moving through major life transitions. That is very likely to be a period of time. But if you're asking yourself at all, even just <laughs> for fun, who am I? Why am I here? What um, What is my purpose? Then that's a great time as well. You might find that you think it's really powerful and you're coming back regularly <laughs> to, know <what's, laughs> to know what's going on in life. Um, you know, I don't work with people in a capacity where I build at least my intention is not to build a level of dependency. I love mm-hmm. my clients, but I don't want to see them every month. Um, I don't think that that, <laughs> like, I want that's you a, to take full responsibility good, yeah. of your life and knowing that mm-hmm. you're the one in charge. But if I can help guide in that process, then I've done my work. So, you know, you're not coming to me every other week. But when things are important, when a big change might be happening, when decisions might, you know, when you might be making decisions, but also, it could just be, wow, this is interesting. I'd like to go deeper and know more about myself. I would say that the experience of an astrology reading is exceptionally validating for who you are as a being. And so if you're feeling lost in life or feeling like people aren't seeing you or even you're confused yourself, maybe working through trauma, working through past patterns, these kinds of things, and you're feeling like I could really use some perspective on this from a soul level, then yeah, I have many clients who tell me that sessions with me, I actually had one last week who said this was like a year of therapy in one session. Yeah, yeah it awesome. is. <laughs> it is, it is. So with a client that has built a good rapport with you, what is the frequency within a year that you would expect to see someone? Depends, but maybe once or twice, specifically for astrology. Now, um, specifically for astrology. Yeah, yeah, there are other things that I do. I have, you know, I do spiritual coaching and I also do hypnosis work. And so this might be varied based on, you know, the person. But as far as astrology is concerned, you know, you might, if you were someone that said, yeah, this is something I'm really interested in, I want to know what my chart says and who I am and how I can move through this. You know, we might have a few sessions in the beginning. Maybe I'll see you in six months or a year. Or, or when something else is coming up in life. I love that. Okay, I have a question. <laughs> I'm a researcher. Um, going back to the like reading collective energies, again, this is also just self-interest. Are you able, as an astrologer, to read like a generational energy, like the millennials? Can you, and do you, and that again is for personal interest. <laughs> Yeah, actually, so the question of generational energy is really interesting. Um, So the millennial generation, I don't know the dates, 
because uh, I wasn't prepared to talk about this, but I know that no, it, no, 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 I just, no, but it aligns yeah. with actually the generations as we define them outside of astrology, whatever years they seem arbitrary, yeah. they're actually aligned with the movements uh, and the transits of Pluto. So, the, um, tell me more. Yeah. So, the Pluto in Scorpio generation is the millennial generation. My parents grew up in the, so we could back it up. So, the baby boomers, they were born with Pluto in Leo. And Leo is all about fun and pleasure and play and being the center of attention. And, you know, if you think about, um, Leo energy, kind of like the king or the lion or whatever. This bigness, what were they doing? That's That was that. You look at my parents' generation, that was um, Pluto in Virgo, very practical, taking care of life, taking care of things, taking care of the house, being busy, building a career, these sorts of things. So then the millennial generation, right? Pluto and Scorpio, that I'm actually jumping here, but Pluto and Scorpio generation, this is a generation that was dealing with scorpionic themes. Number one, debt. Mm. <laughs> Scorpio rules debt, rules trauma, rules darkness, rules psychology. And what, if anything, the, the millennial generation wants? Well, first of all, they're the ones with the most debt, the most student loan debt on the history of humanity. Quite cynical when it comes to yep. structures. Um, most of us feel like we, and I'm in this generation, most of us feel like we came to this planet to burn it down. <laughs> and I don't yeah. mean the physical planet, <laughs> but like the structures Structure. of the planet. Yeah, Much more aware of things like mental illness uh, and things like that. You know, when we think about the most recent generation, well, actually, I don't know the labels here, but my nephews that are three and five, Gen Alpha. Okay. They are part of the generation. This was Pluto in Capricorn. If the millennials came to sort of burn it down, this generation <laughs> will be here to rebuild it because Capricorn, Capricorn energy is about building and creation. The generation before, I guess that's Z. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that was uh, Pluto in Sag. And this is a generation of Sagittarius thinking is very expansive and it's very much about philosophy and new ideas, teaching, learning, travel, and many people in that generation, right? They're old enough now. There are teenagers, I think, right? They're in their 20s. Okay. Uh, they're between late teens into 20, up to 25 or 26. Yeah. So they see the world very differently. We're seeing a lot of conversations around gender, gender ideology, mm -hmm. right? All these sorts of things, which is very much Sagittarian in terms of new philosophies, new ideas. So the generation that came after A, Alpha, I guess, that's Pluto in Capricorn, they're very likely to also have issues with power and authority for sure, because they're, this is Capricorn, which rules the structures of our world, but they will likely be the ones to rebuild it. Whereas the millennials who are frankly, the ones in most professional positions now, they're kind of at the peak of their professional careers, or at least the beginning of that period, yeah. they're going to be changing lots of things. We're seeing all kinds of things to working remotely. We're seeing a lot more with equity and equality and these kinds of things in the workplace. So that's the millennial generation is doing that. The one after will be 
bringing all kinds of new ideas, but they're also don't want to work for people. They want to work on their own. They're like TikToking and making a bunch of money, <laughs> they so are. which is like way different, but it's, it's that sad energy too, is optimism and expansion. And like, let me just show up. But the next generation, so Pluto moved into Aquarius in March and, and Aquarius energy is really, really interesting. Pluto will be technically it's retrograding now. It will move forward next year. So this energy will play out for 20 years afterwards. So we're talking like 24, I think it's 2042. But this generation, um, Aquarian energy has to do with freedom, equality, justice, social equity, definitely technology, AI, scientific discovery, engineering. This is likely the, the generation that's going to push us beyond Earth in our consciousness, but also physically. Aquarius energy really is about the individual and the collective understanding of unity consciousness. So the children, the souls that are coming into bodies right now, very evolved. And I can can echo that. They will be teaching us much in the years to come. And so it actually is quite an exciting time. So yes, generationally, there (laughs) there is a correlation between the planets. Now you can also demark a few other things with Saturn's transits during that time, but Pluto is a really good indicator. Okay, so here's a question, just totally shifting gears, because I, I, can, I can hear my client sitting in the corner. Are there signs, sun signs, moon signs, ascendant, right, slash rising, that you will not date? Oh my gosh. Oh, myself. <laughs> For yourself. Or do you have like a general rule of like, don't date sun Scorpios? So I don't have a general rule. Um, and it's funny because when do people talk about astrology? Well, either if they're at a party or mm. if they're thinking about dating, right? It's like a first yep. date question. What are you? You're Scorpio. Oh my God, I can't. <laughs> but the truth is uh, you're much more than that. So, And mm-hmm. if you don't understand astrology, then please do not write people out of your life because of a single sign. I will say, however, there are some signs that are maybe perhaps more compatible, but rather than one sun sign, your Venus, Mars, and Moon are going to be really important in terms of compatibility. Venus is how you love and how you derive pleasure. The Moon is your heart, how you emote, your feelings, what you need to feel safe and secure. Mars is your sexual energy and your creative energy. So these things are going to be really important. Your ascendant is how you interface with the world, your rising sign. So all of those things are going to be important. So in a date, I guess it's a cute thing to have, but certainly (laughs) um, know that there is more. Having said that, do I have... (laughs) Um, Yes, I do. And uh, it's it's really interesting. People do not realize how much information is available inside of one's birth chart. I go on dates with men and they give me their birth information. They have no clue what I've just been able to figure out. And I actually just went Mm. on a date with a man last week that went really well, cast his chart and put ours together. And I know the dynamics playing out between the two of us. Interestingly enough, all of the men I've dated in the last two years, there has always been something connected with Chiron in either one of our mm. charts. Now, Chiron is about wounding and healing. And so one man last year that I thought was very much like potential, it was really karmic. There were two indicators that I knew, big healing. This guy just went last week, uh, went on a date with last week, also really great. But I think it was his natal Venus. So the way that he loves and shows love, shows affection on my natal Chiron. 
this is going to heal. It's going to be triggering for me to be mm-hmm. around and I am already seeing that. So long term, will that work? Probably not. So anyway, do you do, you do relationship readings? I then? Do. Like, and I'm, again, I'm just imagining my client that like was one of the first <laughs> ones that was like, I saw this on TikTok. And I was like, where's your common sense? Like, I love you to pieces. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> let's apply like what we already know, how we use our intuition. So you do relationship readings. So that might be a time that people might see yeah. you more often. Sure. And like for specific reasons. For sure. And relationship work is um, known as synastry. So you can look at two charts and how they interact with one another. But mm-hmm. you can also look at what's called a composite chart, which essentially is one person plus the other person. What is the energy of this third entity, the relationship? So that can be very powerful. And I've used that um, often with clients, husbands, wives. I've done it as gifts for weddings and things about what is the dynamics in your relationship? What are the learnings and the lessons between the two of you? And then the short version for me about the types of energy. Now, it doesn't have to be somebody's sun sign. It doesn't have to be their moon. But this signature would need to be fairly strong in their chart for me. Um, Scorpio and Pisces. So my natal sun is in Scorpio, Is excuse me, is in the eighth house ruled by Scorpio. My seventh house is ruled by Pisces. For anyone who's out there wondering about relationships, the sign on your seventh house in your chart indicates the type of relationship that will be most beneficial for you. So for me, that is Pisces, which means the character of my relationship the right one for me is very Piscean. It's like the ocean. There's emotion, there's feelings, there's spirituality, there's transcendence. Could it be escapist? Could there be drama? Yeah, there's going to be all kinds of stuff. Um, <laughs> so someone, when I'm, you know, when I'm interacting with someone thinking about potential dating, well, they need to be quite conscious and be doing their spiritual work. There's probably quite a water element because the two of us together, our relationship will be kind of watery. That is the correct relationship for me. That's not true for everybody else. So actually, if you wanted to know what sort of sign you're compatible with, you could take a look at the sign in your seventh house cusp. The right relationship will be of that energy or at least that element. So if it's a water sign, if it's a fire sign or something like that. And then you don't even need to know the person's chart to get a sense. Oh, are they a fiery person? Are they a very chatty person? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? Are they in the air signs? Are they more watery? Is this person very emotional? That sort of thing. You know, for me, I'll say this date I had recently, there was a moment where he would, I mean, I am like this scorpionic. I was pushing. I was asking, like, what are your fears and the biggest thing you want to, like, achieve in life? Like, we were not on a first date conversation. (laughs) At this point, you kind of just, at your level, you kind of just have to cut through the bullshit on a first date. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And our listeners understand that. Yeah, like, dude, hang (laughs) on. You're on a date with me. Like, hang on. Because I give people the warning before a first date. And I'm like, just know that I'm very intense. And I'm going to ask you really personal questions. So yeah. I don't want that. Let's not grab I mean, I do like- this professionally. What would I? And I love it because it's so intimate. Yeah. But why would I not want that with my partner? So yeah, we had this mm-hmm. moment where I was asking him about what he wanted to achieve in, achieve in life. What was he creating? And I, I pushed it. Not, I wasn't rude. But you know, the coach came mm-hmm. out in me and I was really there. And there was this moment of complete vulnerability and fear of fa- about fear of failure and that sort of thing. And, you know, tears welled up in his eyes. And for me, oh, my God, that was so attractive. I was it like, was this, for you. I was like, this is hot. I'm like, wow, 
And meanwhile, I'm over here being like, absolutely not. Yeah, no, I was like, I was like, oh, wow, we went there and you can be there and you have the emotional intelligence and awareness. Now, someone who's like all over the place, flipping or whatever, I'd be annoyed. But this, mm-hmm. to me, was such a beautiful, vulnerable, intimate thing. And again, Pisces rules my seventh house. That's what I actually seek in my relationships. Others, that's not the case, <laughs> right? Do you have a sign in every one of the houses? Will you have a sign in every one of the houses? Every one of your houses is ruled by a sign. Now... Okay, because I'm imagining my chart and I know there's a blank spot somewhere in my chart where there's like no signs, but I can't remember which part of the chart that was. It's it's actually opposite of that. It's that the house begins and ends inside of a sign. <laughs> um, okay. so, oh, 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 that makes more sense. Okay. So you yep, might have, yeah, you might have a whole house that's covered by a sign. You might have two houses that are ruled by a sign. Why would that happen? Well, uh, first of all, depending on where you are, latitude when you're born on the planet mm-hmm. and what time of year. So for people, for example, who are born in Northern latitudes, especially high Northern latitudes in the winter months, their houses on the chart, so all these pie pieces, if you guys are going on Cafe Astrology looking at this, they might look much larger or at other times of year, much smaller. So the house might be more than 30 degrees, but the sign will not be. Signs are divided by 30 degrees. You could have a sign that rules two houses and subsequently your next house may not be ruled by the next sign so that's possible okay and that might that be answers that's my a question. little bit of an advanced question but that's cool <laughs> i just every time i see my chart there's one part where there's none of the little symbols it's the bottom right part i mm. just this is something i remember oh and you might not have planets in certain that's houses that's yeah, very that's, possible so some people's charts They might have the planets kind of um, evenly distributed, we'll say, some not. There are actually specific formations, like if you have all your planets on one side and maybe one on the other, we actually call that a bucket placement, which means something. There are all kinds of different ways that the planets can show up. But just because a planet is not in a house doesn't mean that's not important. So for example, if you have no planets in your seventh house, I'm saying this because I've already referred to it, but if you have no planets in your seventh house, doesn't mean relationships aren't important to you. They just may not be as important for your soul's journey this time than maybe something else. If you have many planets in your seventh house, like your sun, your moon, Mercury, then you're thinking about relationships all the time. You're talking about it all the time. Your identity is wrapped up in it all the time. And so the energetic plays out differently. But the sign on that house cusp will tell you about that area of life anyway. So even if you don't have planets in a house, a sign rules that house and will tell you something about how that energy will manifest. Thank you. That's helpful. You are making astrology much easier to understand. (laughs) For me. For me. For somebody that like just shies away from it for lots of reasons. Well, I am a teacher by nature. And truly, (laughs) shocking. (laughs) Truly, I feel that my my work in this space is about demystifying it, but really Mm -hmm. allowing people to understand that this is profound knowledge, but it is entirely accessible. And in fact, it should be, you know? Um, And again, that's part of the issue because you have to use your discernment. Not everybody's great. Not everybody's giving you the right information. So this is a double-edged sword here, but I believe it's incredibly powerful for essentially, we're talking about giving you the keys to freedom 
and to knowing who you mm-hmm. really are. And so, yeah, sharing that knowledge is a big piece of what I do on the planet, because if you can be empowered to know yourself and to make decisions in alignment with your higher self, like then yes, you can live a life that is way outside of the matrix structure and your programming and all that kind of stuff. You know, you are a being that's very unique and the world that we live in would like for you to think otherwise. The world that we live in would like for you to go to school, earn this, be a cog in a wheel, blah, blah, blah. And then we wonder why we're depressed, anxious, why it doesn't work, you know, why our relationships suck. Well, because you're not actually honoring who you are as a being, as a soul. And so that's why I think this is so powerful. Are you consulting your personal chart daily, weekly, monthly? How often are you? Are you in there? When I feel like I need it, which generally happens maybe once every couple of months. When major transits are, well, I don't know. I probably do a little bit more than that. Maybe once a month or so. But when I know major transits are happening. um, So for example, last week, we don't know when this will air. But last week, Jupiter and Uranus, excuse me, Jupiter and the North Node were conjunct. Jupiter is a planet of expansion and growth. North node having to do with our life's purpose, our calling, taking big steps towards sort of our evolutionary growth in the sign of Taurus. Now, my natal sun is in Taurus. I have several planets in Taurus, and Taurus was my eighth house of transformation and change. This is a pretty significant energy that I wanted to harness. <laughs> and so I will go look, where is that hitting me in my chart? Well, I know, I just told you my eighth house, but yeah. you're like, okay, what's going on in my chart? What do I see when I am feeling kind of either stuck or at a crossroads or wondering, uh, what should I do here? I'll go look and almost always like, oh, that's what's going on. Okay. (laughs) So I don't live my life prescriptively by it. I do know some astrologers that do. I know one in particular who won't even like uh, plan to go to dinner if it's not like the moon is not in. I do not live like that. I mean, I think- I think I do have judgment towards that. Yeah. I, well, I think there's a difference between being informed and being empowered and then like living your life through calculation and feeling like a prisoner yeah. because just like any other tool, whether it be the tarot, whether it be anything mm. else, it can be your prisoner for your ego or it can be your key to essentially higher consciousness. So which would you choose it to be? I love that. So obviously as an astrologer, you're not seeing other astrologers i would imagine if at all actually i do do you okay yeah and do you see other other spiritual guides is what i'm going to call them currently Well, i definitely do that i don't go see astrologers frequently because i mean i don't need to however there is value in getting somebody else's perspective on things and Mm. getting we'll say an objective point of view because I know what things mean, I can also find <laughs> meaning in things where yes. they're maybe not really there. So I could say, oh, this two-week window would be great for dating. And that's true. But when I'm looking at it and now I'm blind to actually this other thing is playing out for you. So that ain't going to happen. Right. Or, <laughs> and so I, there can be a slight self-fulfilling prophet. Well, not even that, actually the opposite of it. There can be almost a blindness of sorts when I read for myself because I'm not as neutral as I might be for a client. So sometimes I will go, uh, but that's not, on the other hand, your second question, do I seek other spiritual guides? Yeah, I do. And it depends when I need it and what kind of information. In terms of timing and energy, I don't really need help with that. I can look at my own chart. But 
sometimes with decision making and feeling out what my options are, I might go to a trusted advisor, right, who has a more well, just detached, objective perspective. I will say early in my journey, uh, so even before 2018, but definitely in 2018, in 2019, I go see people a lot. It's not as frequent for me anymore um, because for many other reasons, I live in a state of pretty much perpetual alignment with my higher self, I feel, in my body. And so I don't have to ask a lot of people for help, we'll say, anymore. But I still do it when I feel called to it. And I don't generally go to random people. You know, I'm not like, oh, look at that tarot reader on the sidewalk. And I'm not <laughs> usually doing that. They can be fun, sure. mm-hmm. but do not put all of your investment in them, people. Yeah, and if you're paying $25 for a reading, I might be insulting people here. But if you're doing that, you better have <laughs> the not. expectation that, you know, this person may not be practicing. Look, if that's what you want, to have fun at a party or something and like, oh, this mm-hmm. would be cool. Just understand that the person you're working with and their perspective and the way that they use the tools, their level of consciousness is going to have an effect on your reading. Also, what are you looking to get out of it? Are you coming from a place of empowerment? Like, hey, I'm moving through these big changes. I think I'm going to make a career move, but I really want to make sure it's aligned with who I am. And I haven't been able to figure out these dynamics in my relationship. And I want to get in the driver's seat of my life. Beautiful. That's going to be a very different experience of, is my boyfriend going to break up with me? Is he the right one? Girl, if you're asking if he's the right one, he's the wrong one. You know what I'm saying? Just repeat that, Cameron, for all the people in the back. Please repeat that. You know, it's like, what are you coming into the space with? Are you coming from a place of empowerment? Are you expecting somebody to fix your problems for you? It's, It's different. So anyway, use your discernment when it comes to that. And maybe at the beginning of a spiritual journey, when you're starting to open up to your gifts and starting opening up to, you know, different things, you might need more assistance along the way. But eventually, if you found the right people, and you're learning to trust yourself, you need them less and less, because you're be, mm-hmm. you'll be learning how you operate. Those are all of my questions that I've come up with. I have to circle back. I know I've been very quiet over here, but that's okay. I've oh, no, got sorry. To, I've gotten to talk to Cameron prior to this, so I've gotten all my stuff out. I did out. not. You were sick, <laughs> or I, had, I had something come up. Yes. So I was. I'm happy to give you the front seat here, but I do want to circle back to what you said about the planets don't do anything, because I hear that all the time. Like, oh, something, something, and retrograde. My life's going to be hell for the next whatever, whatever. So anyway, I wanted to get your take on that. Yeah. So I've got two levels here. First of all, the whole like Mercury retrograde, my life is hell. Where are you coming from, victimhood or not? Um, (laughs) Victimhood or empowerment? Now I will say for some people, some transits are actually more um, influential than others. So for example, Mm -hmm. my chart ruler is actually Mercury. And so when Mercury stations retrograde for me it is significant actually i have tried to like push new projects i've tried to launch things even though i know it's mercury retrograde and it flops or because i'm not working with the energy in a way that serves me now that may not be the case for you but if jupiter is your chart ruler for example when that planet changes or ingresses into a new sign or retrogrades then it might be more significant for you so there is that But the question of, are the planets causing something to happen? Like Jupiter's doing Mm -hmm. this, like some like cosmic billiard game up in the sky. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say no. 
I don't believe that the planets are causing anything. What I will say is, though, that we are intricately connected. We are part of the universe. And so as things are happening energetically on planet Earth, so too are things happening in the celestial bodies. Astrology really is a study of where these planets are in space and time. And they configure in certain ways. And when they do, certain energies tend to play out, but they configure in different ways. So that's how we can make predictions and that sort of thing. But at one level, this is the first, I'm going to go two levels here. At one level, the planets are only showing us externally what's happening, essentially. It's like, you know, it's a sunny day, so it's a nice weather, right? Or the clouds are there, it's probably going to rain. So it's an indicator of, you know, what's happening. If I can go deeper, if you're ready to go deeper, I would say to someone that the cosmos is inside of you, that we are just reflections of the cosmos. So what is happening inside of me is being projected externally. That is true in our entire life's experience. Fights with boyfriends, uh, issues at work, right? They're actually all the creation of our consciousness and our vibration. And so why would the planets be any different? So are the planets externally causing things to happen internally? Mm, no, I would actually argue that the internal is creating the external. But the planet, or if that's not cool and that's like way too woo-woo for you, then forget what I just said and no, it's and not. take well, for your listeners too. If that's yeah. like I don't, I'm, I'm the universe inside of me, okay. If that doesn't they can't handle it, they can't. If that doesn't work, it doesn't matter. But I would say that they're indicators of things that are going on. And again, I think that comes down to well, what is your relationship to the cosmos? Are you a victim of it that has no free will? Or do you understand that you are part of this dance? I like what you said, because I, I kind of see it this way, too, is that there are energies you can use to help you. I just sort of see it as like a slingshot, right? Like they can help you kind of move through a lot of things or they're telling you to like, hold on, just wait a minute. You know, that kind of thing. So they're guideposts sort of along the, along the way and then also have an energetic vibration that you can use. Correct. Yeah. So you either flow with it or, or not. I'll say it in a really simplistic way. Humanity is moving through a major shift in consciousness. And since 2020, yeah. the astrological energies have been very, very intense. We've seen mm -hmm. different, con I'll keep it simple. We've seen different configurations with planets that in 2020 and 21 and 22 that could basically add up 1929 1942 1776 like yeah. as an energy, they are the same Correct. energies, yes. just getting mm -hmm. transmutated to who's on the planet. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so what is that? It's an energy of, of revolution, of transformation, <laughs> of change. And how did this begin for many of us? Well, we could say at one level, this was a pandemic. Okay. At another level, we could say... <laughs> The structures of our world and our restriction are self-imposed and otherwise restriction mm -hmm. are giving our freedom away, all these kinds of things. These are the themes that are playing out. And why? Because we're moving through a period of humanity's evolution. And I can tell you, by the way, that the energies of this decade, 2020s, they will not let up. 
They're going to get more and more and more intense. We're actually going to get a little bit of a breather in 2026. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the next, this period of time right now is deeply transformative that is changing an entire zeitgeist, very much the same of mm -hmm. our shift from the late 1800s to the early, I mean, these energies are not the same, but from you know one world that we lived in into an industrialized world and age, we're seeing a very similar shift in humanity's evolution happening during this time. Now, does that mean certain things are absolutely gonna happen because these energies are playing out? Well, one could argue yes or no, but you get to choose. It's like the surfer, and actually we will choose. Some of us will evolve into a beautiful new earth and others will not because they aren't riding the wave, <laughs> but mm -hmm. like a surfer, right? Who, you know, has to catch a wave. If you choose this next wave, you're committed to it and it can take you all the way in. But if you pick this one, you're not getting the next one or even the mm -hmm. one thereafter. And so for the surfers out there, you're going to probably resonate with what I just said, but there's a, there's <laughs> something about anticipation, knowing, seeing, observing, mm -hmm. intuiting, and moving with the right wave rather than pushing or shoving against a current. Mm -hmm. And most of humanity, I would argue, is pushing and shoving against a current of evolution right now. Yeah. Um, there are many of us that are all aboard, light workers who are here to really mm -hmm. bring that into play. But for those that are still really holding on to old paradigms, old ways of being, old behaviors, the structures of the matrix world we sort of live in, that's going to get harder and harder and harder because the energies on this planet are not going to sustain that for much longer. I love that. I love that perspective. All right. Those are all my questions, Lisa. Yeah, I'm good. I I, I mean, we, I could talk for another freaking hour, but no, too, we have to stop. We, we, have, we got two here and we'll have yes. you on again, Cameron. Yeah. Can you remind us where everyone can find you and what you are up to right now? Yeah. Well, my goodness, what am I up to? Lots of things. <laughs> but um, let me give you one. So I just recently launched my own podcast. It's called The Path and Purpose Podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So if anybody's listening or interested, you can find me on all of the listening platforms. Best way to connect with me would definitely be my website. So yourpathandpurpose.com. And you can sign up for my weekly energy updates. It's probably the way you can be most active with me. I send uh, an astrology update every week for you to do exactly what we talked about this week or in this episode, which is <laughs> become the creator of your reality, knowing sort mm -hmm. of what's coming, learning to ride those waves. So that would be really the best way to start. I just wanted to jump in and say I listened to Cameron's first podcast episode and I loved it. It was so great. It was so heartfelt. I loved your guests. Like it was so good. So listen to it. <laughs> I will you. check it out. I will check it out. All right. Well, thank you so much, Cameron, for joining us today. And thank you for all of you listening. You can find Lisa and I. You can find us on Instagram at into underscore the underscore known. You can find Lisa at Insight and Harmony. If you found today's episode insightful, feel free to give us a review. And if you have that one friend that needs to know just a little bit more about astrology, feel free to forward this to them. Until next time, enjoy the wonder.